0: Okay, we have a special shkhus tonight to learn uh, Parak and Tanya. The way I did not orchestrate this this way myself. This happened by an act of God. That we're going to study this parak tonight. It's Parak Chov Ches and Tanya. In the traditional Taz, is page two hundred ninety-four. What's most ironic about this parak, aside from its incredible difficulty, is what. These two people wrote to each other about, in an effort to comfort themselves. So here's the history. In the year, oh come on, in the year, of course I took this out. So the badechavirov, who was a machotin of the Baltania, Rachman of lost the son. His name was a mayor. Yeah, Rav Ha'chuzer Meir. And the year... Um, the year is... Tov Kuf Samach Vav That he died. He died in Choftes Tishrei. Tov Kuf Samach So the Baltanya is writing to him a letter of consolation. Now... What is so staggering is that this is what somebody would write to somebody... ...in a form of a consolation letter... ...after Rahman of al-Islam losing a chosh of his son. Okay? Let's start here with a small intro. Ma'ash HaKos Av ...that which he wrote to his mechuton... ...Harav HaGoyne Mefursim... ...the great Torah scholar... ...who was is famous... ...Ish Kim, the godly man... ...Kadosh Hashem um, Neri Yor... ...Amud HaKozak Patish Hachozak ...Mereni Rav Levi Yitzchak... ...Nishmasay Eden. Abad So, those are all titles that he writes about. Levi Yitzchak. Lenachmai, to console him, Alptirz Binai, over the passing of his son. Harabachosid Mereni Remeir Nishmosi Eden, his son Remeir. See, he poses the following question. This is actually quoted interestingly, it's a Gemara in Maid Kotten. It's quoted in Rashi and Chomesh. Lama parshas Miriam the parshas Parah. Why is the the chapter you got it, page two ninety four? Why is the chapter of Miriam's passing juxtaposed in the Torah to the parsha of the Paraduma? Answer Chazal and as quoted by Rashi. Laimalach to teach us ma paramecha peres, Just like the Paraduma atones for death, so too the passing of tzaddikim atone for the, gen- the sins of the generation. Now, it's a little bit creepy, because it sounds like a different religion, but we came first. Okay? So, our Chachamim told us this first. Interestingly, as we'll see in the very last line of this parak, the Yalkit if you look at the last line of the parak on the next page, the alkit girsa is not that the para is mechaper, not that the burning of the para is atoned, but it's actually the mechatas. It's pouring in the natural spring water that does the atoning. And as, you'll, as you see, we go through this, that's going to become a point of reference. Is We need to understand this. Lama nis para leparadumah. Why is this lesson learned specifically from the <coughs> particular offering of the Paradumah? Hanasechutz, the Sholash we all know that. What Masechta was that in, in? In Yuma? Where did we learn about it in Daf Yemi? Where, where they had to do it completely opposite the Temple Mount in a place where they're able to see straight through all the doors. Remember, we got all those pictures, the Gemara's pictures. It wasn't done in the Bishen Mikdash. It was done completely opposite to the base of on In fact, to this very day, that area is left without any graves on Harazesim so that that place will be ready for the preparation of the Paradumma. So it's hardly a conventional carbon Chatos If you want to talk about atonement, it's to talk about atonement of a carbon chattos. Why would Chazal refer to a sreifa of a of a paraduma yes, there is an instance that the Torah refers to it as a chatos but it's hardly a conventional a conventional chatos, come over here please El de chatos, Kari Rachman the Gemara does call it, the Pesach does call it a chatos but what would seem far more logical to teach us this lesson would be the parsha's chatos why didn't the reverberslam juxtapose the parsha of the death of tzadikim to a conventional komratas hanase bifnim, that's done inside of the bismigdash agavah misbayach and it's done properly upon the altar this the paradoma doesn't go on the altar and which is a kapara mamish. it's it's a richtiga atonement it seems a, it's a very strange um, extrapolation, that Chazal derive the lesson of atoning for the sins of the generation from a carbon chattos, which is hardly a carbon at all. Amnon. Noidem izayar Oh, so what I wanted to tell you, before we go ahead, is that in their letters, the igres are Kadesh so all these letters are also brought here. There's far more in the... They collected all of his letters, all the Baltania's letters now in a separate volume. And there in the footnotes, they write that there is an elaboration upon this letter in the Mamori Admarazokin, in the... his... like his... uh, the droshas that he gave. As written, this particular one was written by his son, the Mittler Rebbe, and his explanation of this small thing is about 8 pages, as was always the case, and there's incredible, incredible revelations that he throws in as we go. I'll try pointing out some of those things as we go through it. Here we go. Everybody knows, anybody who's ever learned anything knows, from the Zayar and the Arizal the secret of what took place in the offerings that took place when an offering was brought properly on the altar. Whether we're talking about the elevation of the feminine waters of the animal soul. We'll get to this in a minute. I'll try putting into layman's terms to whatever degree I have any glimpse into this. Sheben which is brought of El Klipas Noiga, that they're elevated to their source. What is their source? The source of the animal that's placed on the altar, whether it's a bird offering or it's an animal offering, uh, a bull, a lamb, a goat, any one of those kosher animals. So their source is the Dalid Dalet, the four animals that are on the chariot as they are described to us by Chazal and the Psukim and the Cheskel. Those that carry Hashem's chariot. Which are referred to in the post. Like, Paneshur, there's the face of an ox, panaynesha there's a the face of an eagle. Bukhuda, one of them is the face of Yankibavinu Pneada. Now what's the fourth? The Nesha the Arye. Now as somebody says by uh, Yankebavinu it says, "Ochay nyes Hashem b'makom azer." When Yaakov you beno fell asleep on the makkom Migdash. and he had this incredible vision, so he said, "Ochay nyes Hashem b'makom azer." Behold, Hashem is here, and I didn't know. Ochay is neshir arye. What's the chaf? Um. There's Nesher, right? P'nei Nesher. P'nei Why Shar. Yesh Hashem. I didn't realize that my face was on there. He got to see that that there was an there was an acronym for the other three. Um okay I mean, Hashem. somewhere there there's an acronym for those three. So here's what's going on. What's happening is an and and, and explains this in a Mimer in uh, Vayikra, a very famous um, Adam Kiyakriv. He talks generally about food Bechlau. Why is it that when a person eats physical food that it sustains them and energizes them? A person is far above the food chain. So why are they sustained by something that's beneath them in the food chain? What's, what's the logic in that? So he quotes this same Arizal. Where the Arizal talks about uh, the Pasuk that mm-hmm. that every physical thing contains a spark of Kedusha that is its true essence when a person eats so this body is sustained by the physical manifestation of the food and his Neshama and his Mayach is sustained by the spirituality of the food when a person brings a carbon and again when are we allowed to bring a carbon we're commanded to bring a carbon only for a shaggy you can't bring a carbon from a maze there's no such thing as a person bringing a carbon and atoning for something they did on purpose Huh? right you can't you can't do that it so doesn't doesn't work there are certain certain cases but the, generally speaking hat is brought for something a person doesn't error so in order to rectify that error, the Rebbein allows us to take the physical animal and to place it on the Mizmeach. Because by our exercising our physical um, elevation from below, it arouses the mercy from above that allows that atonement to take place. Okay, And that's how he explains here. V'alya Dezah by our bringing, what what he's calling that which is the nefesh habahamish baham Remember ben Remember, at the beginning of Tanya, we talked about that there are klipas-timaeus, and then there's klipas Nega. There are those things that are absolutely usher And then klipas-naiga is this intermediary form of klipa that could go either way. Parv. It's pariv, Right. So you, if you do mitzvahs with it, then it's elevated. If you use it to serve not, it goes into there and has to be redeemed by the person by a person taking something which is a permissible, an animal it's a nefesh, it's representative of the person's own nefesh abami, by the way the Ramban alludes to this in his when he talks about the concept of Karbonis. Is by doing so, the person draws down from above my the, the masculine energy that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to give. Remember, we are the Mikabel, we are the receivers, Hashem is the giver. From the concept of this image of Odom, which is the highest point that's on the throne. This is referred to in the Kabbalistic works as the the attribute of Malchus, and what's referred to as the smaller image, the smaller face. Now, that, that concept is the structure of the concept it has to be understood like this. You're dealing with an infinite God. This infinite, Rabbi Nisholem is trying to create a finite world. And what the Arizal explains is that there's a process to this, to taking the infinite and turning it into the finite. There is a step-after-step process. It involves hundreds, if not thousands, of steps. But that structure goes through a process called Arechampin and Zeirampin. There's a, a one form of constriction that is a, a larger form of constriction. So it first goes into a large funnel, and then it goes into a smaller funnel. And from the smaller funnel, it goes into Mauchus, and then it actually goes into what we refer to as the ten midas, the the ten um, character traits that were familiar of Keser, Chachma, Bina, Das, and then down to the emotional things of Chesed Guru Teferes and so on now for regular carbon so a person takes that which is permissible the the animal which is from Klipas Naga, and they place it upon the altar and they offer it up as an offering and what HaKadosh Baruch Hu promised us is that by doing so we bring about an atonement through that process to the person that allows them to be free of whatever harm and danger they brought to the world. Okay, and it's what he, what, what the Midler Ebb explains here is that we should understand this on a similar level of, our own eating. Just like when we eat. We could be tired, we could be out of energy, we can't grasp a difficult concept, right? It's beyond us. And then you eat some healthy protein drink oh, no, lime. and you're infused with the energy and the ability to grasp something that you couldn't get before because that is the, the, um, the that which comes from above by our taking an action here below so there's a component that comes to us from above and the same thing happens here that there's, there's a there's an, a renewal of, of heavenly energy that comes about as the result of a person bringing a carbon now okay, second line from the top on Kuf Memchas okay when we're dealing with the burning of the eres Duma by throwing in the components required for this particular offering, which is the cedar tree and the hyssop, and especially the placement, the spilling in of spring water into the ashes. Once the para and the eights, errors and the of are burnt, it's at that point that you pour into the mixture. You're required to take water from a spring that process is Nikra in the Mishnah, it's called B'Shem Kiddush Mechatos it's called the sanctification of the Mechatos of the waters of the chatos. that's how it's called in the Mishnah why is it called Kiddush? what's the definition of Kiddush? something which is Kiddush is separated it's completely removed right? you're separated only for me so what, what, what's happening here is we're dealing with a completely removed component everything else is part of the process of creation why by taking spring water that flows from below which is which is the which will be symbolic of going to the source of something namely as fellas there's going to be several Um, synonyms lining up here. Let's take a human experience, okay? So in a human experience, so a person has a love for something. That love has to have started in the person's mind. But that which started in the person's mind, that's not where it starts. It has to start before that on a level called Ratzai. Rotzin means desire. Because if a person's not interested in it, he's not going to think about it. If he's not going to think about it, he's never going to develop an attraction to it, and it's never going to turn into a desire. Or how to acquire form. So when you want to go to the source of Chachma, you got to go to something higher than Chachma. Therefore, he says, you take you're taking water from the spring rather than regular gathered water because you're going to the source rather than using regular water you're going to source water. Okay? There's a Chachma which is tangible and then there's a Chachma which is higher. It's a concealed form of intellect that's inaccessible. Here it refers to the Erech It's this that comes before the structure that, we're, that we ever talk about. And about this level of Chachma it is mentioned in many places in the bariru. It is selected through the process of Chachma. What's the power of that elevated form of Chachma? That power of Chachma has the ability to take black and turn it into white, to take darkness and transform it into light. Here is really the source of all chuva. Because that's why tshuva chazal tell us, kadma liaylam tshuva precedes the world in the world of logic there's no such thing as tshuva you can't transform something that happened already, it's ridiculous it's happened, how do you go back and undo it but if you're if a person goes back to something that precedes the world then it's kad maliyan, It goes higher, it's deeper it's earlier than the world it doesn't only mean that the world is 5,700 or whatever years old and this is, you know, 6,000 years old it preceded it in the process of the structure of the world, tshuva is beforehand. And therefore, it's able to take something that exists and transform it into something else. Because the building blocks of it are completely different. Do I know what are we referring to? We're talking about a world of rectification. Shen is it is selected. Ben is and it's fixed not through an intellectual a, a, a proper intellectual process because in that world there's no room for tshuva but in the world of ilav, the world of a place where the mayach is concealed it's before the intellect it's on the level of rut and it's on the level of desire before it's ever processed intellectually it comes from this world that precedes the Eilam from the Eilam from a world of where the banishlam allowed this this incredible um, dispersement of sparks of kedusha Shanaflu yitzia There we have access to the world of tshuva ulizais, and Once we're reaching into that world which is above the logical, which is above the world of order, this is the only way that a person has access to that which can cleanse us even from the ultimate source of all impurity, which is death itself even though it is the father as the Gemara calls it a dead body is the father of all fathers of and not only that but here he says the most amazing thing is that this has the ability to elevate and purify even the kinds of things that he said in the beginning of Tanya that only things that you can go back and retrieve are those elements that come from the world of Naya, from this area, and you flubbed it up. You can go back and retrieve it. Here, if you go above creation, you could even go back and elevate things that are completely contaminated. They're asur. Asur means it's locked up. We say a every morning. Matir asurim. We thank Hashem for unleashing those things that are imprisoned. That's, what's, that's what the word asr means. It's forbidden. It has no shaykh It can't be a mutter. Comes the paraduma. And it allows us access even to the world of things that are completely forbidden, where we lost it and we did things that are totally asr. And they therefore they create this intense, intense tumma that has told us, we know, that it goes on for three, four steps. That's the ability of, of the paraduma. So it's not in the order in the midst of Hamikdash. There's a proper order of things. Comes the effort of the Paraduma. It's Nisr for the and you put on this Mayim Chaim that allows this source to bring us back to the source of above. If I could read my handwriting. Ah, fellow. So the Mittler Rebbe writes here. That's the Pshat that Slema Melech writes, what's the famous passage that Melech wrote about? Amati HaDumah. I said that through my incredible wisdom, I'm going to grasp it. He's the smartest man that ever lived. Nonetheless, it remains distant from me. Because it's not about Chachma. With Chachma you could grasp that which is in the realm of the Midas Beginning Chachma bin So the smartest person is able to reach to the highest levels of Chachma. But this is Rechaikam this is completely distant. Meaning he's not saying I couldn't grasp it because I'm not smart enough. What he's saying here is that, but when a person says Gewalt, that Beethoven is great, I smell it so well, you're using the wrong Kalim. Here, I thought I'm going to grasp the concept of paraduma using the tool of chachma but this is above chachma and therefore the concept of, of paraduma is completely and totally beyond the, the realm of chachma that's why Shleim HaMelech says that he's not saying I couldn't grasp it he did grasp it he grasped it by recognizing that it's, that it's, it's beyond me that's how he did grasp it he says, I was using the wrong tools. I was trying to use Chachma. It's beyond Chachma. It's above Chachma. It's interesting here, he com- it compares it to Tal. You saw the word he used, the language he used, it was a, a, a Kabbalistic language. Over here in the fifth line from the top. B'shem, this kedusha is called B'shem Talah de bedulcha. If you remember the, the Targum Unklis and the mun defines man as dulcha. And where was the man found? It was in du. What's the difference between Geshem and tal? When do we bench Geshem? Uh, we bench Geshem on Sukkis. Tal we bench on Pesach. Pesach. What's the chilek? Geshem Chazal tell us and even the Krimis scientists that Geshem is the result of stuff that happens down here It turns into clouds and it comes back right? Tal is a godly gift Tishrei is Molly Mitzvah starting from Elul going mean, like, to kia shafer there's, there's no scientific thing for for Duke? i'm sure there is but let see how is that more of a how oh, it's more that it's, it's considered more than okay. not it, it's considered less of a act coming from below to above meaning okay. geshem is in the serus de lasata okay. geshem comes from man's activity to deserve rain taw is viewed as a heavenly gift so during the month of Tishrei where we, we have so many mitzvahs you bench Geshem on Pesach where it, the it's, it's considered a heavenly gift you bench Tal the mon that was a gift Min is packaged individually packaged in packages of Tal because it's, it's completely a heavenly gift that's what he's talking about the Mechatas comes from a a place where it comes from, it's so out there that it's packaged it's packaged in tal now don't you see how this comforts the bread of and the loss of his son everybody knows the Abba Abba is the Kabbalistic term for Chachmah it receives its nourishment from the 8th of the 13 attributes of mercy. Everybody knows this. That we say in the 13 attributes of mercy, that's where the Abba gets its source from. Now, transmogrify the word Neutzer, and you have... Rotzain. You also have Tzinur. Right? You have a tziner, which is a pipeline. A thin pipe is called a Tzinur. And the word Rotzain is also Neutzer. And for that reason, this becomes the source of Chachma. Where does one derive Chachma from? There first has to be a Rotzain. If there's no Ratzin, you're not going to develop a Chachma for it. You're not going to develop an interest. There's no desire to do it. That's, I'm sorry, V'higamken, this is the terminology that we used in the world. That there are certain times in the calendar, we're in the second paragraph here on Kuf Memches. Second line of the second paragraph. That's why there are times of umayer. That's revealed and illuminates in a revealed way that the Rabbi Yislam reveals from above to below. When does this take place? At the time of the departure of Holy Tzadikim, who served Hashem, hava with love. But the critical words are the next two words. B'mesiris nafsham, Hashem. When tzaddikim, who served Hashem with complete selflessness, b'chayeyim, while they were alive, when specifically? Arvis v'shachris. At night and in the morning, kriyashma during those two times, when the Arizal writes that when a Jew says Hashem Echad, that they should conjure up the image of them giving their lives Hashem. So during those two times, these Tzadikim, in actuality, are giving them their lives over Tzadikim Echad. As everybody knows that that's the effect that takes place in the reading of the Shema. And in parentheses, he writes, The same takes place. These people who read the Shema in such a way that they give over their livestock to the Shema, when they study Torah later, their Torah is reflective of the level of mysterious Snapsh that they had during the Shema. The result of that is Days, uh, by giving over themselves to which is the form of what he was saying earlier, takes place in a carbon, And that resulted in the flow from above of Ha-Kadosh Baruch, Hu, showering the world with its bounty. As he said earlier, they become the tsinar, right? What is the world, the, the the basham Akadash said? Um, the entire world is sustained through the pathway, through the pipeline of Hanina. That's when But it's all concealed. It's all concealed during their lifetimes. But that comes to light in a revealed way when they pass on from this world. Because it's known that all of the toil that a person put forth, all of the hard work that a person put down in his lifetime, and it's contained, it's kept above in a concealed, hidden form, and it's contained, on the day of death, it's revealed and it illuminates in a revealed way, from above to below, at the day of the person's death. So since this person was not dealing with the logical, because logic dictates that a person does not give their life. Logic dictates, live on. What gain is there to the world if you give your life? But they didn't serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu within the realms of the norm. They served HaKadosh Baruch Hu with super, superhuman effort. And as a result, they went outside of the limitations of the norm. Hence, they were able to to zone in, not on Chachma, but they become the creators of Chachma. They are the Chachamim, Oisei Ritzay Necha. They're the ones who create the Chachma. They're the Bailam of Tadosh Shemal how do they do that? Because they're tied into that step that's above the Chochmah. They're, they're tied into the of Chesed, to the Ratzah Elyan. El This is the entire concept that we turn to G'dayi Yisrael, not for their intellect, but for that which precedes the intellect. So this Ratzah Hashem, they're tied into the will of HaKadosh Baruch Hu on that level. That's revealed at the time of their death. And therefore, along with it, is chesed Hashem, mm-hmm. the world is illuminated with the bounty of the, Hashem's mercy, from one world to the next, al to those who fear him, upoil and his, the, the death of that tzaddik creates wondrous salvations in the lowest of places, because that which is highest is able to affect that which is lowest. And therefore, Chazal tell us <speaking in Hebrew> that his death atones for the sins of the generation, <speaking in Hebrew> not just for shkogos, not just for the inadvertent act that would be atoned for with a regular carbon. but the death of a tzadik, because they reach beyond the norm in their Avodah, is able to reach in their passing also to atone for that which is beyond the norm. Even for things that we did, Rachman tzlan on purpose against, Hakodesh the death of the Tzaddik atones, even for those things. Even those things that are unredeemable, from the three Klippas at Temeyyos, Shalomatim the Oiga, Lefishamazel because, as we discussed earlier, the Mazel of Netzir comes from the concealed Mayach, De before the selection, before the division of the Midas takes place, and that has the ability. To turn to two ninety-six. It's able to transform the darkness, the Shvita Sakaelim, of the, that which is lost, which, the Nehoira, to light, in this world of order. Masha this would not have been the same. Had the Torah juxtaposed the death of Miriam to a regular carbon Chatos that took place on the Mizbeach, because that only atones for the inadvertent acts those stem from the normal overcoming of our animalistic souls that take us over that's why a person errs as is brought in the Arizal for this reason, Nisbich of the Parsh is Paradafka. That's why the Torah Dafka places the death of Miriam not by a normal common Chatos, but specifically to the parsha of Parah. Ma para just like a Parah atones for death itself, so too the death of Tzadikim can atone even for the Zedonis, even for those things which are on purpose. Ubi alkid parsha Shemini, and the alkid Shemini. The Medrash, in the Yaakov Shemini brings a Pasha Hagirsa, not that the para is atoned, but the Mechatos, it's the mixture of those life giving waters that atones for it. I just want to share with you a few of the, the elements here, how Rabbi Al Khan says, to summarize here, that the advantage of para Duma over any other carbon is that all of the kabones stem from this level of zerampin, of, of this structure already, which is a measured illumination in the world. That's not the case with the paraduma. That comes from, as he said, mechistima, and therefore it has the ability to even cleanse and purify the, the contamination of even tzumas Now, he points out here, that this isn't a one-time deal, but that this repeats itself every year on the Yod side of the Tzaddik. So it's not just the death of the Tzaddik that creates this Kapara, but that if we bond ourselves to the words of this particular Tzaddik, then we have a Shaykhaz with him, and that atonement, this level of reset can assist us every year when that day of the passing of the Tzaddik comes, the same thing goes back, just like with any Yontif. That you have the return to that point in creation. So too, the concept of a site that you have the same thing that took place on that year, only even greater because the Tzaddik continues to be elevated in his in his Havadah. So <clears throat> this concept of Messius Nefesh seems to be like way out there, right? One of the things that we see in the parshis that we're reading now is that Mayshabina comes to Khajrahu and says, Who am I to take Kalai Yisrael of Egypt? And Rashi says, the Meshra said they're not worthy of redemption. Hashem says to him, No, Ma'eshu, you're wrong. When you take Kala Yisrael out, they get a servant of the on this mountain. What do Chazal tell us? They came to Kabbalah's Torah, Kala said, Naseh and, and Hashem took the mountain and suspended it above their heads. So Thais there says, why was that necessary? They said, Naseh Why do you need to suspend them? And the answer to it is Mosh was asking HaKadosh Baruch Hu. These are people who have been living in the the lowliness of America for all these years They're not worthy of redemption So HaKadosh Baruch Hu answers him No They are going to be redeemed because of this mountain Yes, they said Naseh V'nishma. and, and was the ultimate of of this saying, we're ready to do whatever it's going to take. Okay, the Shbucha suspends the mountain over the heads and said, this, this isn't going to be subject to what you understand. But it's going to require Messias Nefesh. It's going to require that a Jew take upon themselves that no matter what's going on, no matter as it was, by the, by the Purim story, that that element of Messias Nefesh is essential in the service of HaKadosh Baruch Hu at all times what's interesting is why don't they apply that to like, when we go up the Chayim only one up the Chayim so the four fifths you know it's a huge kasha what about the four fifths according to the other Mamor HaChazal 49 parts out of 50 it was the 50th that left um, again, it goes back to, to the, the the entire concept of the carbon Pesach, that it required the klaius to go and literally place their lives at risk. Shabbos Agudah was because they went and took the the god, the deity of of the Egyptians, meaning the prerequisite for geula is Monsieur nefesh, and. One, one of the things that the Gemara says um, in, in brachas, why is it that the earlier generations had miracles and we don't have miracles so the earlier generations that gave their lives for kedushas HaShem they have miracles we who don't 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 merit miracles and it, it's all about this this conducting ourselves in a measured um, in a measured way and um, he brings here that the Chidah says in Nacho that when Pinchas, we know that the Gemara tells us that Pinchas, when he took the spear, they wanted to kill him. And the Chazal tell us that numerous miracles happened to Pinchas that day. What did he take? says the Chidah Roimach are the 248 letters of Shema. It's 248 words. In the Shema, he took the 248 words of Shema, and he went with messiah's Nefesh, and that transformed him into the person that he was, and he, he merited those those miracles to the degree where the Gemara Bracha says somebody who sees pin, Pinchas in a dream, Pela Nasily, he'll merit miracles because the Bar says Hashem Tzilcha. Hashem imitates us when we act above our natural limitations, a good responds to us in supernatural ways. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, um, the Bob Verov said here that Chazal tell us that when Meishu Rabbeinu said to Hashem shlach no biyad tishlach and last week's Pasha please send it in the hands of the gnome. when are you get to send it so Chazal say that it either refers to Iron or Kain. the Gemara says it refers to Rebekah send it Rebekah why Rebekah of all people because we know the Gemara tells us in Brachas that Rabbi Kiva yearned his entire life, must I love the Yodavi come in? When will the day finally come that I'll be able to be Moysah Nefesh for this understood that the key to Geula is mysterious Nefesh. And we need to bear that in mind as we look forward to um, the Geula Asida. And the world marches towards the conveniences of Yiddishkeit. That the key to Geula is the opposite. It's Masirus Nefesh. It's making sure that no matter what it is that we're doing, that we're always including an element of selflessness, of of going beyond our comfort zone. See if I underlined anything else here. I said that. You so he brings here that the, the towel of bedulcha, that towel, that do is the towel with which Hakadosh Baruch Hu is going to resurrect the dead in the time to come. He's going to use that, that towel again. It's that level of of uh, the uh, miraculous, that which is beyond the norm. And again, just to give us, a, I think that what's mind-boggling, you have a, a tzaddik, like about Yitzhak who loses a giant of a son. And this is the mushy emotional letter that the Baltanya sends him to console him for the loss of his child. I mean, it just gives you a glimpse into who the giants that we're talking about this is the Sprach. this is the language between these people this is this is how they they converse this is this is what's going to bring the a comfort is that the death of his, his tzaddik is going to bring a, a a component to the world and the hows and the whys and, the, and all those details and this is this is the nechama that he's going to receive